My gosh, guys, more great interviews here at Tribeca. We're here with this amazing fella Filipina creator, <laughs> which I love, here at the immersive area of the Tribeca. And uh, it's a great immersive film called Mahal. And we all know, uh, well, no, we all know, but Filipinas know Mahal means love. But yes. uh, Mikhail, it's good uh, to have you to talk to you about your film. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be interviewed by a fellow Filipino. This is my <laughs> first fellow Filipino interview. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> now I got a chance to check it out. Oh my God, it was so beautiful. It was such a beautiful film. Thank you. And I think just the VR aspect really enhances the overall film. Did you have a vision for the very beginning that you wanted it to be VR versus any other medium? Um, there was a vision for it to be VR. That's where the funding came from. Yes. Um, but you know, I work in VR as my main medium. I've been working in yeah. VR since 2016. So it didn't really make sense for me to suddenly transition into short film or traditional film. I really wanted to tell a Filipino story in mm -hmm. VR for us and then also for the VR community. And you know, there's all this conversation about film not being inclusive with our m narratives. There's all this conversation about video games not being inclusive of our narratives. I was mm -hmm. like, well, why don't I get ahead of it? Why don't I just jump straight to virtual reality and post our flag as Filipinos mm -hmm. to be seen as these empowered, incredible beings like yes. they are in Mahal? Yes, absolutely. And I saw Mahal and it uh, took some Filipino mythology, mm -hmm. which I personally wasn't familiar with. Tell us about like researching that aspect of the mythology and putting it into your project. Yes. Well, as you know, the Philippines is a huge diaspora, right? We are the victims of colonialism and imperialism. We are an archipelago of over 700 islands that it was colonized by King mm -hmm. Philip. So when I actually started doing Philippine mythology um, research, I realized, oh, wow, there isn't just one canon, right? Like usually when you study Greek and Roman or Egyptian mm -hmm. mythology, there's like one clear canon. And we're talking about hundreds of tribes with different belief systems, all touching different types of people they came in contact with. So the one I really stuck with was the Tagalog tribe. Yes. Um, they believed in anthropomorphic gods, so gods that seemed and looked like humans and had human qualities. And the one I stuck uh, that really stuck with me was the story of Batala, the creator mm -hmm. god, who had four children, Apaloki, the son of the uh, the god of the sun, Mayari, mm -hmm. the goddess of the moon, mm -hmm. Thala, the goddess of the stars, and Hanan, the goddess of the dawn. And I really took these characters in for my inspiration and made my own story uh, based on their traits, based on some of the things I read in different uh, mythology yeah. um, archives and research, and, and then also put my own personal flavor on it. And of course, we're using VR, so it's going to be totally drastically different than any other mythology story you've seen. Yeah, for sure. And of course, a personal story uh, that you experience uh, with your own family that you've actually incorporated into the project. And these characters actually dealt with the loss of their father figure as well, That's right? correct. Yeah, the creator yeah. god Batala in our story is mm -hmm. no longer with his children. He's no longer guiding them. And so really the um, prologue of the story sets it up where we have these children mm -hmm. trying to find their way to carry on their father's legacy, do their mm -hmm. best to keep their family unit together, and then, of course, figure out how they're grieving. And each of them are grieving in their own personal way. And mm -hmm. just like in grief, there's no protagonist or antagonist. We're all mm -hmm. doing our best. But hurt happens and consequences mm -hmm. happen. So these all-powerful deities, even though they're just kids, are creating ripples throughout the universe. Yes. And they are really affecting the creation that their father entrusted to them, which is so yeah. classic, you know, yeah. people who grieve. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, why would you put this at risk? This is everything that that person mm -hmm. wanted you to love and address. And they yeah. left behind this legacy for you. But that's our grieving process. You know, it's not perfect. It mm -hmm. gets a little messy. And that's the beauty of what I love about our piece. Everyone just is doing their best. Yeah, and if you've ever dealt with grief personally, yeah, that you can 
it really fills you with emotion. And if we can mention dealing with your personal yes, uh, loss, uh, mm. and you incorporated that aspect into I it, did. didn't you? Yes, I lost my, my my own father. I lost very young in a car accident, and mm. I incorporate a lot of my experiences with grief growing up. You know, each of these deities kind of take a different form of my grief. Right? There's the yeah. deity who's trying to keep it all together and act normal. There's mm-hmm. the deity who is workaholic and isolating herself from her family and doesn't mm-hmm. want to be, you know, expressing her emotions. There's right. the deity who's people pleasing and wanting to make sure everyone else around her is okay. Right. And then of course there's our deity who's ho- holding all this anger and resentment and frustration and even those, you know, trauma issues around abandonment, which are still things I'm discovering as a 28-year-old, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh no, that's still coming up for me. Yeah. But the beauty is that none of them actually take away from that like none of them leave that part of themselves behind they just Mm -hmm. take it with them into a bigger better brighter future that they learn to accept that part of them and they're Mm -hmm. learning to accept it together as a family absolutely now um let's talk about uh the cast the voice cast because it was very important that you had filipino actors to do the voiceovers and you didn't cast like any other that's correct. Ethnicities, uh, which is kind of the way things are going on today. Yeah. They're trying to match the ethnicity with the character, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was an amazing process, you know. Um, we worked with Side LA, which is an incredible casting agency and recording studio in Los Angeles. And mm-hmm. they really heard me when I said, you know, I really want to cast Filipino and Filipino-Americans in this. Yes. And they were like, okay, are you okay with mixed race? Do they have to speak Tagalog fluently, right? They had thought of all these things I hadn't yeah. even thought of. And I was like, they don't have to speak Tagalog fluently. I'll work with them on Tagalog. Um, they don't have to be a uh, full Filipino. You know, they can be mixed race. And we put together this incredible cast, not just Filipino-Americans, mm-hmm. but also Filipinos. So Lee C is the voice of Thala. She's based in Manila. Mm-hmm. We have Eileen Descalar, the voice of the Catalonian. We have Loretto Delgado III, mm-hmm. the voice of Apaloki. And then we have Daphne Nitsuga, the voice of Mayari. And we had an incredible panel with them yesterday where we talked about each of their immigrant stories, mm-hmm. where their family were from. You know, we've got Ilocanos on the cast. We've got Tagalogs wow. on the cast. We've got Basayans on the cast. Wow. Um, and really talking about you know, their family almost across the board doesn't really support their creativity. But there's something about this piece, there's something about them being able to be with Filipinos where mm-hmm. their family was like, wow, you made it, you did it, you made your weird creative thing, voiceover or acting into something mm-hmm. that's legitimate. And that was really special for me to hear, you know, because yeah. even today I don't think my family truly understands what I do. <laughs> <laughs> and you certainly represent also in the uh, music aspect, right? And the composer yes, also correct. being Filipino. Yeah. Right. Teresa Barrazo was an incredible collaborator with me, also based mm-hmm. in Manila. And she and I would be working very long hours, mm-hmm. my 10 p.m., her 10 a.m., mm-hmm. just sitting through all the pieces of music. And she really did a great job of incorporating the indigenous Filipino instrument elements. There's mm-hmm. a lot of the kulintong uh, featured in our piece. Um, there's some traditional drums and bamboo featured in our piece. But also I told her, you know, I really wanted to bring this ethereal, timeless feeling to the celestial realm where our gods yes. and goddesses live. And she did an incredible job just embedding these um, lovely nuances of vocals, these mm-hmm. lovely nuances of um, beats and drums in a way that I think really heightens the story for the audience. And I would be remiss not to also shout out our Filipino-American vocalist, Travis Atreya, who lent his amazing, beautiful vocals um, for our credit song, which is a rendition of a very traditional Filipino lullaby called Ili Ili, which means sway sway. Wow, mm-hmm. look at that. that is, <laughs> it's got Philippines all over this project, which is fantastic. Now let's talk about the animation because yeah. it was fantastic and the, the beauty of VR is that you can watch 3D without needing any v, um, you know, 3D glasses. You just use the Oculus headset or, or similar device. That's correct. Uh, and um, 
I was curious on the process of putting that together on the animation yeah. side. So what's really interesting about our project is that we're almost going back in time to go forward in time. Mm -hmm. So very similar to like the Disney animators who used to hand paint and hand animate every single frame of their environments and their mm -hmm. characters, we're doing the exact same thing using a platform called Quill by Smoothstep, but we're doing it in virtual reality. So okay. after concept art was finished, where we were like, okay, this is what we think we want the characters to look like, this is what mm -hmm. the tone of the environments, we went straight into VR, and my uh, animator and my environment uh, modeler and my character modeler started painting directly in virtual reality. So one controller is your paintbrush, one controller is your control panel, and you're literally clicking, tapping, and painting in virtual reality. So everything you saw was hand stroke, was all hand modeled wow. with these incredible craftsmanship, almost this like next generation of hand animation back when, like what Disney used to do in the day with Snow White and Cinderella. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really special for me because I think there's this like really beautiful heart and homemade aspect to it. We're not dealing with game engines like Unity or Unreal. We're not trying mm -hmm. to be photorealist. We're really trying to give you this amazing fantasy world to fall into. And I think that really comes out in the environments and animation we create. Oh my gosh, yeah. I was like, swiveling the chair looking at this environment. Iron Man going, wow, just chirping out. It was wild. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Now, have you thought about a follow up to Mahal yet? It's a great question. So my dream, obviously, is to make Mahal as accessible as possible. And I mm -hmm. realize those headsets aren't as accessible. So mm -hmm. um, if I could go do another round of funding, I would love to export this for our 2D experience. Or mm -hmm. I'd love to talk to somebody like at Avatar Studios or Hulu or Disney who might be interested in spinning this off as a short animated series. Like each of our characters we made, I could see having their own yeah. mini story. Even the mortal realm we created, I can mm -hmm. see even having a, a spinoff episode just focused on the villagers. Yes. Um, I think it's such a beautiful, rich world world and I would love to give it to the audience in a really oh, yeah. accessible way. Would love to localize it into Tagalog and other languages so kids all over the world could enjoy this as well. I think it's really kid yeah. friendly, really family friendly. So those are some dreams. Uh, but before that, I'm going to take a nice long nap. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really, really well deserved. But I saw the Oculus link is already up. So can audiences see Mahal already? It's a great question. So we actually are doing our festival tour just like any traditional film, but we okay. will be available on all MetaQuest headsets later this year. Year, okay. uh, right before the holidays. I can't give you the exact date quite yet, and it will be, be available for free for anybody who owns a Quest headset. Wow. <laughs> You got you to check it out. Wow. So uh, how's your Tribeca experience been so far? Oh, well, I actually live in New York, uh, just uh, across the river in mm -hmm. Queens. And so Tribeca always feels <laughs> like a party in my own backyard. And it's been such an incredibly humbling experience to be a director, to see my team travel from all over the U.S. to come and support the project, mm -hmm. to meet folks like you, to be able to work with people I adore here in New York, to to collaborate with them on the installation, collaborate with them on the publicity strategy. And so, so far this Tribeca has been a whirlwind, um, but I'm so grateful and just being so present and grounded in the beautiful reactions of the audience. And you actually are nominated for award in a first, right? The first Filipina uh, queer? Um, to to uh, be nominated for the New Voices Award? That's correct, yeah, yes. yes. So the Tribeca Immersive Category is broken up into two big mm -hmm. sections. There's the Storyscape section, which mm -hmm. is for returning directors with three to four projects of XR or Immersive mm -hmm. under their belt. And then there's the New Voices Category, which is for uh, directors who have had one to two directorial debuts under their belt. Um, and this is a brand new structure that Tribeca is doing. Usually they just have Storyscape's main competition, but this New Voices Category is a brand new um, featured award and so Mahal is nominated for the New Voices Award and we will find out later this week whether or not we are 
winning the award or not winning the award. Oh my gosh, <laughs> best of luck. We're rooting for the Filipinas. Come Happy on now. <laughs> now, if um, a film producer came to you and said, let's do Mahal live action. Oh, goodness. Yeah, have you thought about like actors that like to portray? <laughs> Honestly. Or do you like the format as it is? I think I like the format as it is. Okay. You know, um, we, we struggled with this a little bit in some of my previous work about the Philippines where yeah. we were doing more social impact work. I think live action is gorgeous. Yeah. I think there's a world where I could enjoy live action. But there is something about animation that suspends so much disbelief. Yes. And there's something about animation that makes culture feel really approachable. You know, you see pieces like Encanto, Coco. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, these pieces make that culture feel really approachable and magical. Mm -hmm. And I think, for me, the beauty and magic of Mahal is that we're doing the exact same thing with Filipino yes. culture. You know, yes. it's not about, oh, he's not dark enough and she's not light enough. Or, mm -hmm. oh, you know, that island isn't actually in the Philippines. That's actually an island in Samoa, right? Like, all yeah. of the kind of cultural weird issues that I think mm -hmm. sometimes come up from live action. Role, mm -hmm. Like, oh, he's not full Filipino. Or, oh, she's actually um, Malaysian, right? Like, these things yeah. that come up with casting, there's something beautiful about the wholesomeness of animation where we're really just playing off the voices of these actors and the world that gets to be created with the artists. But... I would be interested definitely in continuing to tell stories about Filipinos using different mediums and if live action is one of those mediums that somehow comes my way, I would totally be open to that opportunity. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Mikhail, this has been phenomenal. Thank phenomenal. You. If you're a Tribeca, you got to check it out. And of course, coming to Oculus soon. Mahal, people. This is a, an amazing, amazing VR film that you do not want to miss. For everybody, not just Filipinos, but for everybody to check out, for sure. Um, and uh, if you could, before we wrap up, let us know who you are. Throw out a plug for Mahal. Let us know you're on Below the Belt show and maybe a Filipino catchphrase or anything you want at the end. Sure, got it. My name is Michaela Janaski-Holland and you're here with Below the Belt. I'm the co-writer, co-producer, and director of Reimagined Volume 2 Mahal, making its world premiere here at Tribeca Festival. Thank you so much for all your support of this project. Mahal Kita, I really appreciate you all, and I appreciate folks like you mm -hmm. coming Thank out to you. support us. Maraming salamat po. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Until next time.